Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist, homeschooling mom of two, wife of one, here to answer all your questions pertaining to everything related to speech, language, play, development, and everything else that falls in between. So world changers, we are ending our back to school series today. This is our final installment. This is it. But that doesn't mean you can't listen to past episodes. So if you haven't done so already, there are four episodes already released that's geared to tool you up and get you to where you need to go. Check that out at iheartspeechtherapy.com. So we're going to get right into things today and we're just going to go for it. Today's topic is how does attention and focus impact learning? How does it impact my sugars learning? Is there anything I can do? Help me out, tool me up. Just because we're in such different times now, I know many of us are either homeschooling or Zoom schooling or AB schooling, which means there's a combination of at-home school and at-school school. And wherever you fall on that pendulum, look, this information is geared up to help you out. So, Let's think about attention in general. Why is attention important? How does this relate to speech and language? How does this relate to anything? Well, if you've listened to past episodes, then you know attention has to do with everything. Why? Because if I'm not paying attention, then I'm probably not learning. And I'm probably not picking up on social cues. And I'm probably not learning from the world around me because if I'm in my own world or too focused on what's going on or too distracted or whatever, then it's hard to to get in there and see what's happening around me. And so what happens when our sugars are not attending and focusing is one, they can miss out on learning opportunities. And this starts from infancy all the way up, right? If you listen to the milestone series, then you know sugars are observing from the time that they come out until forever. We never stop learning. We never stop paying attention to what's going on around us, right? And so we we miss out on opportunities when it's time to learn new information and pick up different social cues and pick up on what's happening around us. In class, what does that look like? Well, If you've ever been in class and you kind of zoned out and you're like, I don't know what the teacher was talking about for the last 10 minutes. And now all of a sudden they're saying pop quiz. That's what can happen. Why? Not because you're incapable of learning, but because you just stopped paying attention at some point and your brain went somewhere else. Now, our brains do this, and this is pretty normal in certain cases, but it becomes abnormal or atypical when It's happening all the time and getting in the way of our ability to learn or our thoughts are getting in the way of our ability to take in other people's information or our thoughts are getting in the way of us being able to socially pay attention to what's happening around us. So it's really important that we're able to kind of like find that nice little balance of, yes, we're going to check out, but we need to be able to check back in. But it becomes a big problem when we are unable to check back in and when we're inundated with our own thoughts and ideas. 
The next thing that happens, number two, is we miss out on key information, key details, right? Think about it. If I gave you a two-step direction, go get your shoes and bring them to me. If I'm in class, take out your book and turn it to page 96 and start reading silently for 15 minutes. If I'm not paying attention and I'm not focusing, then I'm going to miss out on that. And guess what's going to happen, huh? Or can you repeat that? Or I check out to the point to where I become a distraction because I'm tired of saying, huh, and I don't want to look like that person in class (laughs) who don't know what's going on. But we do. We miss out on key information. And then we either have to bother somebody next to us or we have to ask for help. Whatever it is, you know, we have to compensate for that. Three, missing out on the ability to follow more complex tasks. This is what we can miss out on if we are not paying attention and if we're not focused on what's happening around us, if our sugars are not focused on what's happening around them. Why is this one important? Oh my gosh. Life doesn't stop. Learning doesn't stop. Think about it. What you learned in kindergarten looks much different than what you learned as a high schooler. The task that you got, remember like in the kindergarten little workbooks is color, all of the little squares red and that, you know, applesauce, we can get through that, right? But it's when you get to like those more complex tasks to where they're asking you to think or do or, or follow through with these complex instructions, especially when it comes to math, right? Because as math gets more difficult and more complex, you have to kind of read between the lines and understand the information, still an instruction, still something to do. But if you had all these years of not paying attention and not honing in, then it makes it really difficult to follow through with the complexities that are required in our learning as we get older. And so this is so important that we're able to buckle down, focus, and attend to those things. And make no mistake, world changers, I know that some sugars are able to focus for hours on things that are highly motivating for them, like video games. Video games are highly motivating. So you might say to yourself, well, Sharina, my sugar, their attention and their focus, it's great. They can focus for hours on video games. Yeah, they can because it's so motivating and it's stimulating and it changes all the time. And so it like feeds the brain different kinds of endorphins that are much different than sitting down and having to attend to what's happening on the screen in front of them or in the classroom in front of them or when you're communicating with them. So I want you guys to know those differences between those activities that are highly stimulating for our sugars versus the activities that are Uh, that really do require the brain power. It's a different kind of thinking. It it activates a different area in the brain. So I wanted to throw that in there. Another thing that our sugars could miss out on if they're not building up their attention and their focus is their ability to develop and scaffold their talents and their gifts. Why? Because if I can't sit down and hone in on something for more than like five minutes, especially as I get older, right? Then it's difficult for me to be able to follow through with whatever it is I'm trying to do or I'm trying to master or whatever it is that I'm interested in 
or may not have even known I was interested in it, but I haven't quite built up this skill or ability. Now, remember, attention has nothing to do necessarily with our intellect or our ability to think. It's a skill that's built up over time and that we gradually master as things become more complex. And so attention is one of those things that, you know, all of a sudden you're not going to be just great at attending to whatever is put in front of you, whether it's your English or your math or whatever mom is asking you to do or whatever coach is asking you to do or whatever's being presented. It's one of those things that you have to continue to build on. And so what I mean by like building and developing and scaffolding your talent is if you can't pay attention for these, you know, longer periods of time to hone in on what you're good at, then you might give up a little bit easier. Oh, this is hard. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. And sometimes it's simply just getting down and getting there, getting in there and gritting things out and feeling like, hey, I can master this stuff if I can pay attention and focus long enough to see it through, even when it gets extremely difficult. My son, he loves to play with Legos like he loves Legos, but he doesn't build like traditional Lego things. He likes BattleBots. He loves everything BattleBots. He loves everything robotic. He loves making cars and stuff like that. And so I'll watch this guy sit there for hours and develop like these little intricate little systems. And he'll come and show us. And if I don't know the difference between that one and the one that he built two days ago, it's a problem. Why? Because he knows all the finer details that went into it. Whereas for me, I am a layperson. I don't mess with the Legos. I've said this before. I don't mess with Legos. My kids and Legos, I just don't do it. I leave certain things alone and Legos, like I'm still building towers. They're building something way different than me. So I don't mess with it. But it's, it's watching him be able to sit down and pay attention and do and create and taking away those distractions, the environmental distractions around them. And I'll get into that later to allow him that chance to just focus in on on stuff that's going on, right? And so when we give our sugars these opportunities to like focus in on stuff, then they find out what it is that they're really good at and what they can grit down and do. But it's hard to develop that talent and develop these skills if they're always overstimulated by input from other places, right? Even in class, like I think that schools have moved away a lot, but now they're bringing it back like project based learning. And the reason why they're bringing back a lot of this hands on learning is because they know that it really helps build up our sugar's attention and focus on things. Can I take this this thing and see it all the way through? Can I pay attention and focus long enough on this project to create something and make it come to life or make it come to pass or be able to speak to it intelligently or create something intelligently that I was able to put my my mind and my hands to, right? And so they find that fine balance the more they're able to touch and feel and do versus kind of just doing worksheets and spitting out rote information. Because when you're able to attend and focus on things, it develops again, that higher level thinking that higher level learning. Kids start learning more about the things that they're really good at and they discover stuff that they're really strong at 
Whereas if these skills are not really built up and they can't pay attention for long periods of time or focus on one thing for long periods of time, then it really becomes hard to master stuff. And that doesn't mean, you know, for some of our sugars who need more frequent breaks, and we can get into that a little bit later, or we will get into that a little bit later, but it does mean that we want them to be able to hone in for some time. The next thing that it does, and I kind of got into this with my last point, is that they miss out on higher level learning. Um, Not just producing that minimal information, just kind of doing like bare bone service. You ever had them come home? Everybody's been there. I've been there too with my sugars. And you see them just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to do what the instructions say, no more, no less. And let me just get through this, right? (laughs) They got through the task. Maybe not great. Maybe they passed it. But it wasn't like that higher level thinking, going back to like that project um, project learning kind of thing to where they're really like taking it in. And we want to see them develop that skill. And again, not developing that attention and that focus can it can have an impact on that. The next thing that it can do is that it makes it can make someone who has normal thinking, average thinking, you're right on par. There's nothing wrong with being in the average you know, when we look at average, we're looking at either above, right on target, and then below average. We want our sugars to be here or above. We very rarely, we do not want them performing below here, um, but we want them to be there. What can happen is that if our sugars are unable to attend, if they're not able to focus, if they're not able to take that time to, again, focus in on what's in front of them, then it can turn their their thinking. It can impact their thinking skills. Why? Because they can't pay attention long enough to build up their learning. Because again, these things go hand in hand, our thinking, our learning, our attention, our focus. And so if I'm not paying attention, then I'm not learning. If I'm not honing in on what on the information being presented, it's hard to carry it out. If I can't read this information and take what they're trying to pull out or get out of me from this information, then I start having gaps in my learning. I start having gaps in my thinking because again, the skill is not being nurtured and established and developed the way that it needs to be. And so sometimes kiddos look like, or they'll look like to teachers as if they are behind. Or as if their thinking skills are not that great. And that's not always true. The truth of the matter is that one area of learning how to attend and focus has not been established. And it's messing with their ability to think and perform at their best. Because if I'm checking out every two to three minutes and not coming back for another 10 then I've missed out on all this information. And so when it's time for me to put what was supposed to be coming here to here or here to there or here to wherever it's supposed to go, it's going to be extremely difficult to carry it out. And so we want to make sure, again, world changers, especially if you have little sugars, that we are sitting down with them and building up their attention and building up their focus. Can they sit down and play with you for five minutes without being distracted? 
And as they get older, you'll see them be able to play with more toys, but they shouldn't be going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing every 30 seconds. And so we can start while they're really young and getting those skills in there and gradually teaching those skills as they get older. And make no mistake, world changers, if this is something, even if you have high schoolers and you're like, they do not have the best attention. They do not focus, like their focus is not great. There are things that you can do and we can do to help manipulate that environment to still build up that skill because they're going to need it, right? You have to be able to attend and focus to some degree because guess what? At a job, you're going to have to attend and focus. In college, you're going to have to attend and focus. And so it's one of those things that never quite goes away. But again, it's one of those things that we can continue to exercise strategically in a way that makes sense and makes sure that this is being developed and nurtured. The final thing that we might see is that it might take longer for our sugars to complete assigned tasks if their attention and focus is not developed. Now, somebody might be out there like, yep, yep, yep. I see that. I see that in my sugar. Yep. I see it in my seven-year-old. He's so smart. But oh my gosh, his attention. We've been working on that this year. We've done so many attention-getting activities because he gets in his own way. His thoughts get in his own way. Like when I say his thoughts get in his own way, everything is important right then. And we should know it then. But he said it. So developmentally, it's appropriate. But he has to learn how to slow it down, control the thoughts, stay focused on the assignment at hand. Now, I know in other situations, this could be perceived as he's either impulsive or behavioral or he, you know, needs redirections or whatever the case may be. When I know that he's just a seven-year-old kid who has all these thoughts going in his head and he doesn't quite know how to like turn them off yet and focus on what's in front of him. But this is what happens in our schools too. And and my heart goes out to the educators when they don't always have the tools to help the sugars get to where they need to go because the, you know, if you've got five or six sugars in class who are all like little Christians wanting to get their thoughts and their ideas out all along, that can make your day really rough. That can make it do. Same thing at home though, right? Especially now that for the parents that are balancing trying to work remotely and trying to make sure that sugar is paying attention to what's going on behind that screen. And so it's it's hard to make sure that sugar's not talking and sugar's not being impulsive and sugar's not checking out while still, you know, concentrating on those work demands. But it's okay. I'm going to give you some strategies and some tips to help you out to make sure that sugar is a not misdiagnosed as behavioral or impulsive or something else when really they just need to learn how to control those thoughts and ideas and and be able to use them at appropriate times and showcase their thoughts and their ideas at appropriate times. Because world changers, we do not want to discourage our sugars like we want our sugars to have thoughts. We want our sugars to have ideas. The information that they give to us, it's super important because a lot of times the things that they're communicating to us, it's showing us who they are. It's showing us where their interest lies. It's showing us how to navigate them. But we want to also make sure, again, that we're finding that balance and that they're attending and focusing when it's important to attend and focus and when it's time to showcase and we're giving them a space 
because we have to give them that space. We can't shoo them away all the time and be like, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. We can make five, 10 minutes a day of time to hang out with them and hear what they have to talk about, what they want to say, their ideas, what they're doing. Most important, like, what are you doing? Can I watch? Can I be a part of that? Tell me about X, Y, Z. Or if they come to you, give them that space to communicate. Because again, if we don't give them that space to express themselves, then it's going to come out in other ways and in different places at inappropriate times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do we strategically increase attention and focus? There are so many things that we can do to one, make it fun. It doesn't always have to be drill, drill, drill. And I want us world changers. That's one of my biggest goals with you guys is to get out of the mindset of everything has to be based on them acquiring knowledge, learning new stuff, learning how to do this, learning how to do that, learning how, you know, speaking five different languages and mastering all of these academic things, but still not developing that person. I really want us to be in that place to where we can kind of do both and have fun doing it and developing them as we go through that process. So thing one that we can do, this was one of my favorites, problem solving games, still one of my favorites and not video games. Video games don't count. Although there are some video games out there that do focus on problem solving. Again, I want you world changers to know that again, video games are stimulants. And so this is not necessarily a time where I want to reinforce them being stimulated as much as I want them to start exercising that brain to build up this skill to attend and focus. If you put this hard puzzle in front of me, can I solve it? If you put, you know, a game of if you set up a game of solitaire, can I get through it? Can I problem solve how to get to zero and get the cards to where they need to go? If we played a game of dominoes, can I be the one who wins? Problem solving. Problem solving. Brain training games. Anything like that is perfect building up that attention and that focus in a way that's fun. Two, reading interesting text out loud. Not them reading, you reading to them. Why? (laughs) Because then you can kind of sneak in and ask questions every few paragraphs, every few pages. Well, what do you think the, you know, the person was feeling in that moment? Why do you think they said this? Hey, you know what? Do you even, I just said this word. Do you know what that word even means? Oh, you don't get the dictionary. Let's talk about it. Let's see what it means in context, right? Because if they know you're coming with questions, if you're reading aloud to them, guess what they're going to naturally start doing? paying attention, focusing on the text, focusing on the information being presented to them, especially if it's really good reading. Like if it's a really good story and you're a really interesting reader, that's a great way to get that information out of them and into them and making sure that they're honing in on what's happening in front of them. Now, if you're not a huge reader, don't you worry about that. Audible. There's all kinds of ways that you can have the books read out loud to you. And then you guys are listening and it becomes a conversation together. 
So that's a way you could get around that. Like some people naturally do not love reading. That's okay. But that doesn't mean that we can't listen to good stories together and still pull out that information. Another thing that you guys can do is play comprehension games and activities. This is how I've been honestly spending my days, especially week one of school, week one of homeschooling, where I got to get everybody reeled back in and convince them that I'm the teacher and the mom and all at the same time. And I need you to do what I need you to do when you need to do it. A lot of comprehension games, a lot of comprehension activities, like silly stuff. Touch your nose, go to the door, and then hop back on one foot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Run to the wall, turn around three times, and then sit down. Stand up, clap hand ten times, say your name. It's fun. <laughs> and it's funny. It's funny for us. <laughs> it's funny for them, too. But it's really funny for us watching them do that stuff. Again, their brains have to attend and focus to the information that you're giving them. And you can give them more complex information as you go along. And right now, because we are not really allowed to go outside, this is a great way to like sneak some movement in there, too. Especially if you tell them, like, run back, run five times back and forth across the yard and then, you know, do 10 jumping jacks. Comprehension, attention, focus. What am I supposed to do if they're giving you the huh? You have to pay attention first time, not second time. Not the third time, first time. I'm only giving the instruction one time. And if you tell them that, then they have to do what? Pay attention. The final thing that you can do is change up the learning environment. We take this for granted. I don't care if your space is 3,000 square feet or 300 square feet. You can strategically change up that learning environment. So if you're in a small space, and I'm going to focus on small spaces first. Why? Because I know that everybody's adapting to life with kids at home in most cases right now. So if you have a small space and you have a table and a chair, think about throwing some pillows on the floor and moving the table and the chair out the way and maybe doing reading time on those pillows and chairs. Maybe math time is on the couch. Maybe, you know, just switch up the environment. Move things around and give them something different to look at. Just like you don't want to be in front of a computer eight hours a day. Little Sugar doesn't want to be in front of a computer eight hours a day. And so giving them something else to look at before they go, I'm stir crazy. And all of a sudden you see them doing this and the chair is doing that and falling out the chair and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. It happens. It happens. It's okay. Just change up the environment. That's all they're telling you is that they probably need like either some movement or a change of scenery to help them attend and focus. Because once they have that change in those constant shifts, then their brain can refocus in on what's being placed in front of them. For our sugars who have difficulties with attention. Now, world changers, don't get mad at me on this one. You either can or you can't. You don't have to. I, right? It depends on how I'm feeling. Chewing gum. Chewing gum helps with attention because it gives the brain something to focus in on, especially if you know that they have difficulties paying attention to what's in front of them or weeding out different things. Give their brain something to focus on because a lot of times the attention and focus isn't built up because the brain needs something else to focus on while they're looking at what's in front of them or around them. So chewing gum 
it, it's not a bad thing. And I've seen this done in schools and it's super successful for some kids who have like real difficulties with paying attention to what's in front of them. And then all of a sudden they go from like this to like this, because again, they have that something in their mouth, something for the brain to focus on. So then they can focus on this. I talked about this a little bit earlier and I did not specifically say, but like changing the seating, not just changing the space, but changing the seating out. So even if you do leave sugar in front of the desk, try a yoga ball. They have actual kid size yoga balls that are appropriate for different age levels. Yoga balls are amazing. I use a yoga ball when I'm teaching and it helps me and I'm rolling around in my chair and the kids are laughing at me, but it's not a distraction for them. They're used to it, but it's good for me because it takes me out of a chair like this or a different kind of chair, like a traditional seat into something else to where I can move around and it's easy for me to move in that chair. But yoga balls are great. Um, they also have chairs now to where you can physically sit down on the floor and there's like a back and then there's a chair and you can like move it and alter it in a way to where the child can comfortably sit down. And I'll put that in my show notes and show you guys what I'm talking about, because I know it's kind of hard to conceptualize, but I will put that in there. But yoga ball chairs and those type of chairs, it's like a chair with no legs. And those things are wonderful. I love, 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 love them. When I feel like my sugars really aren't paying attention, then I'll just have them stand up sometimes and then teach them that way. Um, I even move around to help their brains like refocus and not just see me in one position. Again, usually the brain needs to refocus on what's happening in front and just a little bit of tweak and change really helps with that. The next thing that you can do is provide multiple breaks. I mean, give the sugars a break. They don't have to work for three hours straight without having any breaks. Even if it's like get up and go get some water and come back, get up and, you know, run back and forth five, five times. I'm good for that. Like Christian, get up, run back and forth five times and then come back and then we'll do the next thing or go do X or go do, go do something to break away and then come back. So that way I can get a fresh brain because if you, you have them working for too long and you're trying to build up attention and attention isn't that great, then it becomes really hard for them to focus. And then you might get the whining or you might get the behavior or you might get like all of these things that you don't necessarily want. And then you're frustrated or teachers frustrated or whoever's frustrated when in reality, all you need to do is just build in a few breaks. And that'll really help out your situation. Finally, this is my favorite. I am infamous for this one. I play quiet music in the background all day long, all day long. I notice that when my sugars have quiet instrumental music in the background, their brains have something to focus on. They can attend to that while they're working. It's not a distraction because the music is not too, um, it's not too, over exhilarating. It's not too overwhelming. It's not too overstimulating. It's really just light music, but it's not so light to where like they're, you know, getting lullabied. <laughs> it's, it's a nice little in between. So find that tweener music. Um, I try to stay away from stuff to where they can sing along. It just depends on what it is or if the um, instrumentalist will reinterpret the song in a different way, but it's like the same rhythm. Super helpful. 
um, jazz, classical. Be careful with some jazz because it could get acid jazzy and that could be overstimulating because then you have like all these things going on at one time and that's too much because the brain is still trying to work out what's going on in the background. So that is how we can help support our sugars. The final thing that we can do, if we've tried all of these things and we feel like, oh my gosh, I am still struggling, we can enlist support. You sure can. We can enlist support. We got to think outside of the box, world changers. Um, We're at home still. We're hanging out still in most cases. Um, Things are being shut down. Activities that were available aren't necessarily available. And so we really have to think, you know, what can we do to help continue to build this school um, outside of the classroom or outside of the time? And world changers, I don't take for granted that you guys are limited on time if you're working. And so this is when support becomes crucial. Just because we can't physically do it all the time doesn't mean we can't get somebody else to help us along the way. And so the first thing that we could do is activities. We can do sports. Yes, they have online sports. They are doing a lot more online sports. I even got an email yesterday about online PE. So yes, online sports sports are available. Online workouts are available. Gold Noodle has all kinds of workouts that you can find. Um, art, anything, the goal is anything where someone else is taking the lead and communicating to them and putting your sugar in a position to where they have to pay attention. They have to focus. They have to listen to the information being presented in front of them and then act on that information. The next thing that you can do, if you feel like, again, I've done all these things and I still am not feeling great about this. You can enlist the support of a speech and language pathologist to determine if the attention and focus is more of an underlying issue going on that may need to be addressed, we can evaluate and let you know. The final thing that you can do is collaborate with the classroom teacher and ask them. I talked about this um, when um, I believe it was episode three. Collaborating with the classroom teacher is, man, that mastering that skill If you master that skill, it will become your best friend. The reason why is because you can understand from another adult perspective how they're perceiving your child and what's happening in the class. And if they are honest, they will tell you the areas that they feel that they are successful with your child and not successful. And if they feel like your sugar is not paying attention and you come to them in a humble way and say, hey, look, I want to know. I see them at home. Are they doing the same stuff in class? If they are. How do you deal with it? What are you doing? Do you need my support? What can we do as a team to send the message that we really want to get this together? And I guarantee in most cases, most classroom teachers will be more than glad to get on board and support you. Most teachers, they have big hearts and they want to help and they want to serve. Very rarely are teachers in there just doing what they're doing. But those who genuinely have a heart to serve and want to see the kids win, um, based on the needs of the sugar, because most teachers, teachers in general should, they're, they're helpers at, at heart, right? And so their heart should always be for the success of the sugar and for them wanting to make sure that sugar is getting to where they need to go because teachers play a crucial role in establishing those foundational skills that they need later on to thrive. Yes, I went off on a tangent on that. I did. Because it's a big deal. That's all I have for today, world changers. 
I always enjoy sharing this information with you. The Back to School series was one of the most fun series that I was able to do with you guys, just talking about how we can be more intentional and take what I do into the classroom, into the home, and just make it come to life. Remember, world changers, we are better as a community. And if you have not already subscribed to my mailing list on my website or subscribed on my YouTube page or become became my friend on Facebook or YouTube, what are you waiting for? I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Twitter. Come and find me. Let's hang out together. And continue to send in your questions. They are going to start being answered on Fridays. I will start answering your questions on Fridays. I'm so excited about that. And just giving you guys the space to say, hey, Sharina, this is going on. That's going on. Can you help me out? And so on Fridays, expect to see more and more questions answered. I can't wait to connect with you guys in that way. And again, we are community. And so if you hear my answer and you still want more clarification, hey, I'm here for you. I check frequently, y'all. We want to continue to just serve you guys and spread the word. We want to know the areas that we're winning, the areas that we're doing really, really good. And remember, I'm here to serve you guys. And so if there's anything that you feel like, hey, Sharina, can you be doing X or can you be doing Y? Let me know. We want to make this space an amazing space for you all. Let's continue to connect, grow, and learn together, world changers. Until the next time, take care.